better watch out, you better not cry, you better not pout, I am telling you why. Santa Claus is coming to town. He's making a list, he's checking it twice, he's gonna find out who's naughty or nice. Santa Claus is coming to town. He sees you when you're sleeping And he knows when you're awake So can you, can you do your announcements? Can you tell break quick? Yep.
My name is Josh. I'm the worship arts director here. I am uh, so, so thankful you guys made it this morning. We are really excited for this service. If you look around, you're going to see a lot more kids than normal. Um, all the kids uh, in our K-Kids program, except the really little ones, are here in the room. Uh, Breakaway, if you missed it, Breakaway is in the gym. Um, so Fred is going to be speaking. It's going to be really fun in there. So if you are a Breakaway student, if you're in middle school, uh, you can go out these doors and they will point you towards the gym. It's going to be really fun. You're going to play games and stuff, so make sure you go to that. <clears throat> like I said, my name is Josh. If you are new here, we're really excited that you made it here. We have a place for you in the lobby called Starting Point, um, and so if you want to make your way there in the lobby and, and tell us your name and a little bit about you, we'd love to get to know you. Hey, before we continue, I need, I need a little bit of energy in the room, so if you are a kid under the age of like 13, I, I need you to, to give me a scream, okay? One, two, three, scream! All right, there we go. So, are, do you guys like Christmas? I don't, I can't, I don't know. Do you guys like Christmas? All the kids in the room? Okay. We are very fond of Christmas here at Kensington. We have services coming up on the 23rd and 24th, our Christmas services. Um, and what we do here at Kensington is we ask you to get a ticket. These tickets are completely free. You can go online, kensingtonchurch.org, and print the tickets. The reason we do that is because we want to make sure you have a seat. We want to make sure your family and your friends or your coworkers who you're going to invite also have a seat. So when you go online, you can pick which service you want to go to. All our services are on there. We have four of them here at Shelby campus. Um, and so we would love for you to do that just to guarantee that you're going to have a spot because some of our services fill up during Christmas because it's that exciting to be here. We are so excited uh, for what we're going to uh, share with you on Christmas. So make sure you're here. Make sure you invite your friends and coworkers. Also, when you walked in, you got a little booklet. That is our uh, year in giving booklet. It's, it's honestly everything about our church. It's a heartbeat. And so if you're new here, you can look at that booklet and, and really get a glimpse of what Kensington's about. Josh is going to speak a little bit more about that later in the service. You're even going to hear a video about that. Uh, but I just want to acknowledge that's what that booklet's for. Also happening at all the other campuses right now is the Kaleo Kids Program. If you don't know what that is, it used to be called K-Rock, Kids That Rock. A bunch of kids from a school partner and from the church get together and they put on a huge show with music and dancing and singing and it's unbelievable. Well... What's exciting is we get to have that next session. So we don't have that today. That's why we're doing a family-friendly service uh, with the kids in here. They're not going to be 100% on stage singing like they are at the other campuses, but next session they are. So we have a table in the lobby with all that information. If you are a child from uh, kindergarten to fifth grade, make sure you go back there. It's going to be amazing. I'm going to get to teach the music to the kids. Uh, my wife, Abby, who is up here with me, she's going to do the dance with the kids. So it's going to be a blast. Make sure you sign up for that. Okay? All right. So like I said, I'm talking a lot about Christmas. We're singing songs. It's December. Is anyone getting excited? What are we missing? There's no what? There's no snow yet. That's, I'm, not, I'm not terribly offended by that. But we wanted to kind of maybe get a little bit more in the season with some, with some faux snow. Did everybody get a piece of paper when they walked in the, in the room? Just a, the blank piece of paper. Hold it up if you got it. Okay. I need you to do me a favor. Go ahead and cut a snowflake out of that. No, I'm just kidding. You don't have to do that. I need everyone to take that paper and crinkle it up in a ball right now. Everyone, if you got multiple pieces of paper, you can crinkle them all up into a ball. 
We want to kick off Christmas and we want to kick off December right. And there's only one way, at least in my family, that we would do that. And so I'm going to invite some, uh, some friends on stage. Hey, run out here for me. Come on, hurry up. Give them a hand. These are all my helpers. And so for the next, here's what we're going to do. I need everyone to stand up for the next two minutes. Channel your inner child and we're going to have a snowball fight. All right. Ready, set, go. got a couple good launches and hit a person you secretly had an issue with, maybe. (laughs) I did too. So that was great. Thank you. Oh, Terry, it was me. (laughs) Darn. All right, you guys, we have the best day coming up for you today. My name is Susan Welsh, and I get to hang out here in guest services and K-Kids with you guys every single weekend. And today, one of my favorite things is going to happen. We're going to have some preschoolers come up and sing a song for us. And as they're coming on up, come on, kids, you can start coming out and getting in place. Come on. Oh, my gosh. Wait till you see this skirt that Lila's wearing. Come on, Lila. Show them your skirt. (laughs) Lila, give a twirl. Twirl it. No. All right. Well, maybe next time. All right. So as the kids are coming up, you guys, those of you. This is, see, I'm getting, I'm getting upstaged, you guys. You guys, we're about to receive our offering right now. So if you are new to us and you're visiting today, this moment is not for you. If this is your church home, you're going to see an offering come around from either side. Ushers, you can go ahead and start that. And as the kids are getting ready to go, we'll start our offering. Enjoy, you guys. You're going to love this.
Let's give them one more big round of applause. Come on, let's give it up for them. Good job, good job. You guys can head on that direction. Yeah, awesome. There's nothing you're going to see the rest of the day that is remotely as entertaining as that. I'm sorry. That was the peak. All right, but that's okay. Hey, my name is Josh Eisenhart. I'm the lead pastor here at Kensington Church. Shelby, it is my privilege to invite you here today, the first week of our series, uh, The Heart of Christmas. And uh, we're going to have a blast teaching today. As a matter of fact, I'm not doing very much of the teaching at all. I have a family of teachers that are going to join me out here on stage right now. As a matter of fact, you guys come on out here, join us. Uh, That would be fantastic. Come on out. That'd be great. Okay, yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. Let's have Susan carry the, the thing. Two able-bodied men. That's, that's, you guys are great. That's, that's good. We're a family. Fantastic. Well, hey, while we're here, why don't I just introduce some of these yeah. folks to you? Everybody say, hey, Richie. If you don't know Richie, you haven't been here long, but he is our high school minister as well as oversees all of our student ministries. Uh, does an incredible job with that. Been with us since the very beginning. We love Richie, don't we? Yeah. Woo! A few people. This is Chad. Everyone say, what's up, Chad? Hey. Chad is our breakaway director, meaning he works with all of our 6th, 7th, and 8th grade students in middle school. We love Chad, right? (laughs) You folks have already met Susan, but say, hey, Susan! She does our guest services as well as oversees all of K-Kids. And then last but certainly not least is Stacy. Everyone say, Stacy! Stacy oversees and does much of our teaching in our large group environment and our K-Kids is absolutely dynamite at doing so. But the topic we're talking about today, over the next three weeks, we're going to be looking at joy, we're going to be looking at love, we're going to be looking at peace. But it's all in, in surrounding this idea of Christmas. Christmas is supposed to be a time when the emotions are jovial and everyone's excited and everything's happy. But I don't know about you, there are always things, circumstances that come up around Christmas that try to steal my joy. Can anyone relate to that? Kids, have you ever experienced that? Sometimes your teachers give you tests or you have issues that show up. Teachers or like are you not have, bad. They have whole, yeah, they're supposed to, but you know what I mean. She knows. That's what I'm talking about. But the thing is, we have these things in our lives that steal our joy, these circumstances that steal our joy. But what I believe is I believe God doesn't want that to happen. I believe God wants us to have not just joy, but a full measure of joy overflowing this Christmas season. And I believe in his scripture, he tells us exactly how to get there. And so what we want to do is we want to explore a passage of scripture. It's found in the Bible. It talks about the feeding of the 5,000. Hey, can we break in here? Oh, hey, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah sure, yeah. Absolutely. He brought us out here. And I, I get carried yeah, away. Yeah, I would love to teach them how we learn in K-Kids. Are you guys up to changing it up a little bit today? Yeah. That sounds good. Okay, cool. All right, you know so, what? Take it away. I'm going, all right, so I'm going to need some help, though. I, yeah, my kids know what that means. If you were a kid in the audience and you would like to help today, get down here as fast as you can. Right, go, go, on, go, 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 go. Let's go, let's go. go. Come on. Come Make on. room for the children. They're coming down. Oh, man. All right. I love it. I love it. I love it. Come on up, guys. Come on up, guys. Come on over. Okay, so you guys. Watch your step right there. Yeah, yeah. All right. Come on in the back. We're going to put other side of the stage. Come on around. Oh, and there's Andrew. Goodness gracious. There's a smattering of them. All right. We're going to keep you over here, Andrew. We need about half of you guys over there. Over here. All right. 
right, you about right? Yes. Here, stop. Right right here. I don't know, but you're going to do good. All right, right here, right here. Now, look at how they want to show you guys. Now, you guys are going to face us. So fill in right here and face us. There you go. Face that direction. Yeah, yeah. Face, 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 face. All right. You guys all twist your bodies and face me. There we go. And some of you guys can fill in right over there. There you go. Yeah, that'd be good. You guys step out of this room. All right, all right. Now, here I have a question for my kids. Okay. Hi. Some of my former students. Okay. Uh, I have a question for you guys. And the, the story that we're going to talk about today is in four books of the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Now, my guys, where can we find those books in the Bible? The Old Testament or the New Testament? What do you guys think? Oh. <laughs> How many people think old? Anyone? How many people think new? Parents, new or old? New. All right. So this is a really important story because it shows up in four of the books of the Bible. But I, here's what I need from you guys. Okay. I need two of these people to help me. Oh, yes. Okay. You're going to be up here. Oh, yes. Okay. 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 All right. All you're right. going to stand here and you're, you're going to be here. Okay. So I, it's great to meet you. I'm just... You know, you get to come front and center because mm. you are Jesus. Oh, yeah. You okay. have Jesus. Okay. Put your okay. Jesus on. And <laughs> let's see. I need, okay, here, that's for okay. you. you. Jesus. And, oh, you're, you're going to need your fanny okay. pack too. Mm. That's, yeah, okay. And. There's arms, I promise. It's not a poncho. Here's, okay. Okay. Wait, that's go. not yours. Okay. okay. And this is for you. Thank you. Thank you. And this is how we teach in Kick Kids. Okay. And this it's is. Too tight, you. you're passing out anyway. And okay, there's your fanny pack. Oh, cool. Okay. This is great. I like this. Right, this is going to okay. be fun. And, do I have well, an outfit? Ooh, yeah, I you have great. an outfit. Can I get something? Yes. Nope. <laughs> there we go. Okay. This is your prom dress? Uh, maybe. I'm pretty sure like, my left leg will fit in. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, this will make it a Can little I, bit better. Oh, okay. Great. A wig. Here, here we go. Wig yes. is blind, just wow. like you. And there All you right. go. Okay. So suit up there. Yeah. There. All right. Okay. All right. I love it. Okay, so um, Richie, we're gonna call you Rupella. I don't know. You're gonna go sit over here with them. <laughs> yes. yes. He loves you. All there. right. Yeah. Move over there with my people. Now, you guys are my people, my crowd, and you're gonna have to pay attention to what I say because there are parts for you that you have to do. All right. Are you guys ready? I don't know if Jesus wore a hood like that. <sighs> There we go. Okay. All right. So step up, Jesus. There we go. Disciples come in behind him. All right. So here's the story. Jesus and his disciples were having an exhausting week. Show me. You're a little bit tired. Okay. Yeah. There you go. They had spent some time preaching the good news, healing sick people, and traveling from town to town. Hi, town. They, there you go. They even heard rumors Hi, that town. King Herod who was not a fan, like was hair? looking for them. He's not a fan. He's not. Uh, no, he's really, really, really not a fan. Okay, there you go. Okay, all right. So, okay, come back up. But do you know who was a fan? Everyone else. Oh. So everyone was a fan. And it said everywhere that Jesus was going and the disciples, they would follow in huge crowds. Okay, so here. So everyone followed, and here's what I need my audience to do. Cheer me loud! Jesus is here! Woo! Here, here, here. Yeah. 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 Nice. So, so pretty. All right. 
great. Now, the disciples sometimes got a little irritated by the crowd and sometimes tried to shoo them away. Uh, yeah, there's some. Okay, yeah. Shoo, shoo them, shoo them away. There you go. Shoo, shoo, shoo. There you go. Shoo, shoo, shoo. Shoo, shoo them shoo, away. Shoo away. Oh, all right, come back, my shooers. Yes, yes, okay. Yes, they would shoo them away. But Jesus, welcome. Here, Jesus. Jesus welcomed the people to follow him and enjoyed talking with them about the kingdom of God. If one of the people in the crowd came to him because they needed healing, say because they had a broken leg, I need a broken leg. Broken legs. Break your legs, people. Or broken pinky. Okay. Or they had a stomach ache. All right, thank you. Or they had a paper cut on their tongue. Jesus would heal them. Now, one day, Jesus wanted to take his tired disciples. Oh, there's some stuff in there. Tired disciples. Oh, eh. Tired disciples. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, something in the back there. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, pillow. Pillow. All right. To, he wanted to take his disciples to Bathsheba to rest, but the crowd caught wind. There you go. Of this plan and followed. The disciples were a bit annoyed. Uh, annoyed. Where's your annoyed look? I'm sure your sibling has annoyed you before. Give me annoyed. There it is. I roll. There it is. There it is. Sickening. Looking forward to that later. Jesus was glad to see the people and healed the ones who needed to be healed. Even the girl who couldn't stop sneezing. She even took her shoe off as to show her big toe. No, your toe. No, that's a shoe. That's a shoe. Not a shoe. And then even pulled a piece of hair out to show Jesus. Ooh. Okay. Yes, keep it. Jesus gently touched her forehead. <laughs> and she stopped sneezing and was healed. Yes. All right, give her a round of applause. Yes. Loves that attention. All right. Now, as the day wore on, the disciples became more tired and a bit cranky. Yeah, we have some props in there for those cranky faces. Yeah, there you go. Hold those up over your faces. Yes. <laughs> Cranky, okay? You could hear their stomachs growling. And they actually began to argue with each other. Eat my pizza. So much that they had a conversation about when was Jesus going to feed them? We have to be now in the times. It's text. So here we go. Andrew said to Peter. And Peter said to Andrew, and then the conversation went on and on. Oh, there's James. She's clueless. Now, Philip finally chimes in and says, I'll ask Jesus when it's time to eat. And all of a sudden, something miraculous happened. 
Without a phone, Jesus replied, sure. You must have the new one. The new one. It's the iPhone 1000. There we go. All right. Yeah, or the Samsung Galaxy over here. We have an iPhone not fan here. (laughs) All right. So they were excited. They were excited. Woo! Oh, your faces! Oh, oh. actors these days—it's hard to get. Woo! <laughs> All right, so they were excited, and let's see. Uh, I need something. Um, let me see. The disciples were glad for the news, and they knew they were really hungry. And I, oh, they looked around. You look around the crowd. Time out. Delivery, please. There we go. Oh, yes. <laughs> No. Now, I'm not sure this is how the boy behaved, but we'll we'll move on with the story here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> this kid needs breakfast in the morning. Yeah. Wait, yes. Christmas came Piece early. Piece of goldfish for him. Now, we went and found the food. He gave the food. <laughs> in the story, he gave the food easily. Yes. There we go. To Jesus. All right. Now, while Jesus was holding food, the disciples looked through their fanny packs, because they had fanny packs back then, okay? All right. I'll hold this for now. The fanny packs, what do you have in there, okay? Nothing. Okay. Ooh, skunk. Oh. Um, Oh. And didn't find any money, but one of the disciples took what they had to Jesus. And asked Jesus, what would this do? He doesn't even want to take it. No, Jesus, you looked at the object. You examined the object. You shook the object. You smelled the object. No, no. You turned the object upside down and looked at him. Oh, you're flinging that around. Uh, I wouldn't do that. But Jesus looked at the disciples and shook his head. No. No. Then he took the loaves and the fish. Drop the dew. There you go. All right. He took the loaves and the fish and... Oh, wait. I need your help now. I need the whole audience to stand up. My crowd, please stand up. Stand up. Stand up. Arise. Now, listen carefully, crowd. So, he took the loaves and the fish and had the crowd sit down. Good job, everybody. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Thank you. Sit down. I just want to make sure you're tracking with me here. All right. Jesus took the bread and the fish and he lifted it towards the sky. And Jesus prayed and he blessed the food and then Jesus broke the bread. All right, break the bread. Look at this. Oh, it's bread. Some bread. And then Jesus gave the bread and the fish to the disciples to hand out to the crowd. Hand out to the crowd. Go ahead. Pass it out. And even that crowd. There you go. Don't forget the children over here. Yes. Good bread. Oh, that's a shot. Good catch. He's got his bread. He's got his cars for the day. Now, the disciples passed all of the food out. Oh, he didn't get any. Maybe in a second. Don't worry. They loved the food. Some, ooh, he's actually mm, eating the food. All right. Pretend like you love the food. Audience, you love the food. I need to mm, Bread. Yep. Yummy. It was so tasty. They started talking to each other about how good it was. And one member of the crowd asked Jesus for the recipe. What's the recipe? <laughs> the amazing thing was that even though 5,000 people had shared this small amount of food, 
there was still food left over. The disciples remembered how hungry they were and began to eat the leftovers. Then they all gave Jesus a hug. Thank you. And apologized for being so grumpy. I'm so sorry. That was a bad man. The end. Everyone give these guys a round of applause. Children, stand up. Take a bow. And follow me off stage. All right. Give these guys one more big round of applause. Then make their way back to their seats. Good job, guys. Eat it. Well, that was certainly something, man. I'm telling you, that was a blast. <laughs> I'm glad I don't have to clean this up later. No, um, somebody will. No, this is the thing that we were trying to say. I know you're probably saying to yourself, why take so much time and, and in such a creative way? Tell a story about giving here at Christmas time. And it's obvious because giving is one of the biggest parts of Christmas. Mainly because we have a lot of kids that like presents, but it all started with the original gift giver, Jesus. Jesus was the first to give the gift of Christmas, which was himself. He was the gift of Christmas, which is why we give gifts. But you see, what we find at Christmas time is if we're not careful, we get bogged down in our circumstances and we miss out on joy. But as I said at the beginning, I believe there are strategic places this holiday season that God wants to put us that we might find joy despite our circumstances. And all three of those positions are actually found in this story. The first person that we kind of see in this story is the person of the receiver. And then we also look and we see the person of the helper and the disciples the crowd was the receivers. The disciples were the, the helpers. And then we see this little boy. By the way, that part of the story is only told in John. But it was a little boy in his lunchable, basically, you know, five loaves of bread and two fish that he provided as the giver. And what I believe is that each of those positions is a position God wants to see us in this holiday season and a position in which he wants to bring us joy, no matter what our circumstances are. So let's take a little bit more of an in-depth look at each one of these, starting with the receiver. So every gift needs a receiver. Each person has to have an opportunity to give, and we have to receive. For how many of you is it really difficult to receive? It is so much easier to give than to receive. And that is something that I have always struggled with, is being able to receive. But by the grace of God, I'm I'm learning how to do it. And one way in which that that really has applied for me is right here at this campus. We have, I think, right around 150 volunteers it takes for us each week to have services here. And I am always amazed by the people, the pouring out. Like, what can I do for you? People text me. Last night I got texts, do I need to pick up cream because you always forget the creamer? Or what can I do to help you tomorrow? It's very hard for me to allow people to do that, but what an incredible blessing it is to you. And in many ways, children are the greatest example of what it's like to receive. I taught a lesson a few years ago to some kids where I had some small gifts wrapped, and each child was given a gift, and they opened it. And some of them said, thank you. A couple of them even said, I love you. And they all took their gifts, but not one question as to why, or I didn't deserve it, or, you know, what is this? What's this about? What What do I need to do? Children are the greatest example of what it's like to receive, and we could learn so much from them. 
Um, another opportunity in my life I had as a receiver was a time when my husband lost his job back when most of us were out of work. Um, was that like eight years ago? And he actually was unemployed for about three years. And we have four kids and um, hockey and skating and swimming and thousands of dollars a month, it seems, to, to raise these kids. And we were definitely, you know, about two and a half years into it, we were really starting to struggle. And a woman that I did not know very well. Um, came over to our home and sat down with us and just said, hey, I want to I wanna give you guys a gift. And we were, you know, we were very, like, reluctant. We were like, gosh, you know, we're doing, we're doing fine. We lied through our teeth. We're fine. Look, we have plenty of food, you know, which we did have plenty of food. But the lights were, you know, they were not going to be on much longer. So she's like, I really want to bless you. And she kind of had to convince us um, to take this gift that she had for us, which was, you know, truly it was a check for $5,000. And at that time, I really... I I did not know her last name. So just to give you like the, how awkward this was for us and, and my husband and I, we, you know, I was like, oh, this is so great. And my husband's like, no. And, and I was like, can we talk about it? So we spent a few moments just kind of praying about it. And, you know, she left and really in the end, um, the incredible gift that she gave us was, it was so much more than the money. It was really about the fact that she loved us and wanted to help us, but I really, I realized that that gift was from God. Yet Judith was just the person who brought it. And it's given us the opportunity a few years later to just constantly, you know, pay it forward. And to, we've never been able to give a gift that big, but we've been able to give lots of little gifts to people in the same boat because we knew what it was like. And I think for us to learn how to receive is just an incredible model of, of what it means to, to be loved by God. Because God is the one who can give without any shoestrings. He gives out of love. We can't earn it and we can't pay it back. But all that we can do is graciously receive it. So this Christmas, I hope for you, if you're in that spot in your life where you may have an opportunity to receive, I hope that it's something that you're able to do with just a, a full heart. And grab your Bible and read John 6.24. It'll tell you what God means about receiving. Thanks. Mm. So maybe that's your seat this holiday season. You say, I don't have anything to give and I feel horrible about it. Maybe God's like, that's okay. I have something to give. I want to give it to you this Christmas. And that seat of receiving and knowing that everything we have is a gift from God anyway can be exactly what we need to find joy this holiday season. But maybe you're in a different seat. Maybe it's not the seat of receiving, but maybe it's something different. Maybe God wants to use your hands to do something that wasn't even your idea, but to participate in something even bigger as a helper in the story. Yeah, I represent the helper, like the disciples who gave the loaves of bread and the fish to the people. It wasn't their loaves of bread, it wasn't their fish, but they helped out in the giving process, right? They, they took a part of it, they were involved. And sometimes God challenges us and says, maybe the gift that you're, you're going to give is not something that you thought of or that you even purchased to give. Maybe it's the gift of being involved with it, to bless somebody. You know, when I think of people who are involved and people who are helping, I think of those who serve as leaders, as student leaders in our K-Kids, our Breakaway, and our EDGE programs. And I see our leaders, especially in Breakaway, they, they devote every single week their time to not as a sacrifices, but something that they want to do because they love the students that they get to lead. It's not their ministry. It's not something that they get paid for, but it's something that they actually want to do. They want to speak life into them. 
They want to love them. They want to listen to them. Have that time every week to disciple and to guide these young people into their, into their faith journeys. You know, for me, my life was changed about five years ago. Um, my brother Mitchell and I, we, we worked together at Comerica Park in downtown Detroit. How many of you guys have ever gone to an April game before? Like opening season, like opening day, like anything like that. How many of you guys know it's not warm? It's an absolute lie. It's like spring training in Florida, and then it's like the winter tundra in Michigan. It's so cold, and it's awful. But him and I had to work there, and that was our first season going. And uh, we would go in and out into our car, and... And while we're walking back to our car, we would notice homeless people. There's homeless people all around us. I never really thought of it. I was about 17 at the time, and my brother was older than me. But he came to me one day, and he said, Chad, I've been praying, and I really feel like God is calling us to give our clothes to these homeless men that we see. I was like, that's a brilliant idea. I don't, I don't even think about them. I don't even notice them. And, and he has this thought and idea of to give something that we have for them. And so we get all of our old jackets. We get all of our old sweatpants, our underwear, our socks, our gloves, our hats. Everything that they need so that they can stay warm for the remainder of this season. And we went out that next day. And I, I remember it. We, we got out after work. We took our trash bag with us and full of clothes. And I was too nervous to talk to them. But my brother was so willing to show them love that he got down on his knees and he gave them their clothes. And he just told them how amazing that they are. They, he told them how important they, they are, that they're cared for, and that here's some clothes for you. And he got to pray for them. And he got to, he got to show the love of Jesus that way. And I got to stand front row awkwardly in that encounter of watching that of how God is moving in this interaction of a gift giver and a gift receiver. And I got to be a part of that helping process. And you know what happened? My brother, he got a different job that next year. And so I continued to have that job and I still work there today. If you ever want to see me, I got roasted almonds. I can give it to you. But like, <laughs> but I, I start to notice these men on the streets that are constantly ignored. These men and women that live in such a need. And so it gave me the courage to love them as well. But it also gave me the courage to just notice people around us, no matter what their situation is or not. If they're homeless or they're not, if they're doing well. Is that there's people around us that we can be Christ-like to serve and to help and to be involved with. And we don't need to be the face. We don't need to have the recognition but we need to know that people are important. The people next to us are important. You, know, you see that God is trying to give us this image of that there's a bigger picture around us and that we are a piece of the puzzle. We're not the picture. We're a piece. And so this Christmas, I challenge you, and I feel like God's challenging us as well, is to step out of our world and step into the world around us to help serve and to help love those in need and those who are well off, just to show them that we're in this together and that we can help each other. And so maybe this Christmas, that's what God is calling you to do. Maybe it's not a gift you need to give or something you need to receive, but just a part you need to play. 
A very tangible, very practical example of this is every single Christmas, as we talked about, we see thousands of people, tens of thousands across all of our campuses coming into our various locations to experience a Christmas service meant to show them the love, the power of Jesus. And you may or may not know this, but every single week we have dozens of volunteers that make this entire thing happen. But when we do Christmas services, the need for volunteers skyrockets. We need dozens and dozens and dozens of volunteers to play different roles, whether it's in our parking team or ushers and greeters or hospitality and food preparation and things like that. We need help with those things. And every year we turn to you because every single year you step up, you sign up. In our lobby, just right outside when we get done today, there's going to be sign-up sheets for you to jump in. And maybe that's what God is calling you to do. It's not something you started. It's not even something you star in, but it's something that you are a piece of. Maybe it's a soup kitchen. Maybe it's something in your neighborhood. Maybe it's just some place where your hands and your feet can do some real good for the kingdom of God. And in doing so, he'll bring you joy. And then the last person in this story was represented by the little boy who chose to give his lunchable, to give his five loaves, his two fish, to see what Jesus could do. And sometimes being the giver can be one of the greatest gifts of all. Yeah, so like Josh said, there's really this last piece of the puzzle. Um, And it's really probably what the story hinges on is this boy uh, who comes forward when no one else has food and he's got some leftovers. And he brings it to Jesus and the scriptures paint this picture of this little boy coming to Jesus. And because of that boy's sacrifice, it provided a miracle for thousands. And I think it's on purpose that Jesus, um, that, that, that little boy comes forward. Because I think even being in student ministries and youth ministry, I think often uh, we can lean towards maybe uh, underestimating students or, oh man, they're just in high school, they're just in middle school. Like they'll get it together, they'll figure it out at some point. But I remember a few years ago being challenged about really the idea of why are we doing that? Because Jesus invited all through the scriptures, young children, and, and really we even see pictures of the disciples being at a young teenage age into this adventure with him. And so a few years ago, uh, we came up with the idea of like, hey, if we're doing offering and main service, why don't we invite the students to give an offering as well? Uh, because it doesn't matter what age uh, you are, Jesus is inviting you to live sacrificially. And so uh, we threw this idea out and really what was cool is we didn't need the money from the students. Like we didn't actually need them to give our offering so Edge would function. Like that wasn't, that wasn't a problem. Um, but really what the money was going to go towards was uh, scholarshiping their peers to go on trips or mission trips or retreats that we go through all throughout the year. Because we got fall retreat or spring break mission trip, things all through the summer. And often a block for getting students on those trips is the financial burden or cost that it comes with it. And so what we did is we started that offering and through all of last year, it was incredible. We saw our students at Kensington Shelby, our high school students, give over $1,000 throughout the year to scholarship Mm. their peers to go on retreats, camps, mission trips, all throughout the year. It was incredible because the joy was was giving, but the coolest part, there was story after story on each trip where somebody was able to go on that trip and they were fully scholarship because of one of their friends giving throughout the year. And it was incredible because every week what we would get is we get these KFC, we actually have KFC buckets instead of the fancy offering buckets at Edge. And, and we get it and you hear the change rattling because literally like people are just like emptying out change out of their car or, or whatever they're given. And, and it would be a little bit, it'd be like 15 bucks 
bucks here, 20 bucks there, but throughout the year it added up. And I think even that is the same picture we see in the story that Jesus isn't really concerned with how much this young boy is giving, but his posture of giving. And he gives him everything that he's got. And I remember talking to these students who were talking about offering and 10%. And some of our kids were like, I'm giving 100%. I make no money. And I'm like, all right, great. Um, but, but really, it was just this idea that I'm going to give Jesus uh, what I have. And even Chad hit on this idea, though. But I think often we get stuck in this idea that giving is just financially. Um, even at church, often we talk about it. And people are like, eh, I don't want to talk about that. And we, it, it makes us cringe. But giving isn't just about money. Um, because giving is a bigger picture, that it might include money, but really what Jesus is asking us to do is to give our lives away. And Chad shared that story, but really I remember running into this as Jen and I were praying about whether we were going to come to Kensington and Shelby uh, in 2014 or go into the corporate world after we both graduated from Michigan State. And I remember having the job offer from Kensington and Shelby and another job offer with a healthcare company and the other one with a lot more money. And, <laughs> and my parents and, and family and friends, like great advice, loving advice, were just like, Hey, you know, if you do this ministry thing, you're going to, you're not going to make any money. And I remember sitting there, but there was just this overwhelming sense that like, no, this is what we needed to do. And I sit here four years. Like, I mean, it's what, this is year four in the fall, right? This is crazy. And I'm telling you that nothing has been a greater joy than giving our lives away for the sake of this place and the sake of these high school and middle school students. Because there's, there's no greater, like no money can amount to watching students get it with Jesus, graduate and go off and make an impact into college. And, and I just, I think for all of us, whether, whether it's financially or a way Jesus is inviting us to give our lives away, that he's always doing it. And sometimes it might feel like, oh, I don't know if I want to do this. But as we release control, we realize there's really no greater joy than just giving my life away to the kingdom of God. And I think even this Christmas, as we jump into it, I think it's a question we all need to be asking ourselves is, is what is he inviting me into? What is he asking me to give away and realize that anything he's asking of us comes with a great joy. But, and it's not the great cost that we think it is, but it's going to be one of the greatest adventures that he'll invite you into. Very good. So maybe this Christmas season, that's the seat God is inviting you into. Maybe you have experienced extraordinary blessing, either personally or in your company or organization. And you just feel like this is the season God has called you to give. Maybe it's our year-end giving. You know, we talk about that every single year. We ask people to give just like so many other organizations because the year-end is when a lot of people think about those things. And perhaps you've been blessed through what Kensington puts together and you say, I want to pay it forward and I want to be a part of that. And maybe that's your, your bag and that's what it is. Or maybe God has just prompted you with a family you'd like to adopt or somebody that just there's a need that they have and you realize God has put something in your hands and it's not for your own consumption. Maybe it's for you to pass it on to someone else. But whatever that looks like, whether that's a money thing, whether that's a physical labor thing, whether that's a prayer thing, whether that's just a sitting with someone and being with them time type of thing. When we give, God gives back to us in great measure, packed down and running over. And maybe this season of, of, of Christmas is the time where you are going to be the giver in the story and experience the joy. I'm going to invite these guys to, to, to take their bows and head out. Give them a big hand. If you guys don't mind grabbing those things as well.
I want to share a story with you from our Kaleo Kids program. As we said, this is not Kaleo Kids. This is our rendition thereof. But starting in January, we've got Kaleo Kids starting up, and it's going to be phenomenal. But that program's been going for years and years and years. It was previously known as K-Rock. And through that program, countless kids have been touched through the experience. And what we have noticed and seen is that a lot of their stories, though they're these children, resonate with all of us. And I want to share the story of two young women who grew up through this program. And it was interesting as you'll watch as their story, they've experienced the story as receivers when they came into the program. And then through the program, they became helpers and they were involved. And then finally they became givers and they were the ones that were helping other kids get through the program and be a part of it as well. And what's so unmistakable is the radical and extravagant joy that these two girls have in the midst of some really difficult circumstances. So I'd love for us together to watch this story and to see what seat God might want us to be in this Christmas. So do you realize that when you make a year-end Christmas gift to Kensington, you're investing in bringing joy to the world, specifically to kids, thousands of kids spread out all over this region and far beyond. And over the last 13 years, Kaleo Kids has been reaching kids as well as anybody. Teaching kids how to meet Jesus Christ through the arts, through singing and dancing and prayer. And today, I want you to meet two of our newest friends, Kamaya and Lily. And as you watch their story of joy, remember this. Your giving is what made this possible. You're part of this story of what Jesus Christ is doing through Kaleo Kids. personality. I like the way that she makes me laugh. I like her laugh, her crazy little silent laugh. We could just look at each other and in our head we're thinking something and we would just laugh. Lily is a joy seeker. She just goes around spreading joy and she just Lily could come around and the whole room would just get brighter. It's like a sister thing, like I consider her my sister. I consider her part of my family. Lily has joy, she knows God. So she just, it doesn't take anything for her to make, to give people joy, or for her to have joy. you two meet? So we were both in third grade. Yep. It was our first um, year at Kaleo. We went into a large group and we sat next to each other. One of our leaders asked us what we found like joy about. So I said that I found joy in breakfast foods. Breakfast foods? Like what? Like Captain Crunch? Like bacon and eggs. Bacon and eggs? And that's how we got our nicknames. You have a nickname? What is yes, it? Yes, I'm Bacon. I'm Eggs. So you, you two became really, really good friends. How? Over, we would rehearse our lines together. We would 
talk a lot. And then things really started to kick up when we got each other's phone numbers. <laughs> the most weirdest nights, the most weird phone calls. We would talk about what we'd like on our pizzas. Really? And I'm mad at her because she likes pineapple. And I'm mad at her because she likes mustard on her subs. So tell me what a Kaleo night looks like. So a Kaleo night, we walk in, and Miss Danielle's there all happy and bubbly. She's just like, Lily, come on. And then, um... I gotta see that again. How does she do it? She's like, Lily, come on! <laughs> there's music, and there's dance, and there's drama, so it's a wide variety of performing arts. So there's some kids who come from the school to Kaleo, and then there's some kids who come from, like, my church, Kensington. I went to the school, so... I'm happy that now everybody has a school partner, so people from different schools can meet different kids. That's how me and Lily met. Now, what do you what do you guys like about Kaleo? Kaleo started it all for me, like everything that I know of, like meeting Lily and finding that I'm very good at acting and stuff like that. Had you ever done anything like that before? No. No? And you've been in it three years? Yes. And now you're like leaders who train the other kids. Yes. I know that you've both gone through Great, fun, exciting things with Kaleo, and at the same time, you've had hard things happen in your life. Talk about that. So, which one was it? The it fourth was, grade play when I was the lead and she was the bird. When I was the bird, the day of the play, my mom passed. So I still came to the play, and I was really like, like sensitive. Yeah, sensitive. <laughs> And Lily, she was the only person, like, her and Miss Danielle, that would, like, try to cheer me up because, like, between each performance, I was just, like, a wreck. Did you think about not even performing that day, or? It never came to my mind to miss the performance. Like, Why is that? Because I didn't want to let anybody down, and I know my mom would have wanted me to perform and make her proud. How did you get through it? Lily. What are you doing here in the middle of the night? Shouldn't you be in bed? Well, I was asleep. As you should be at this hour? Well, I was. I thought that, like, this is very unfortunate for her, and I just want to make her feel like she's part of my family and that, like, she can come to me for anything. You've had some hard stuff, too. What are you... What are you kind of hard things you go through? December 22nd, 2014, I was sent to the hospital because I was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes and that was really hard for me because at that time like I had just moved and the only person I would talk to was like Kamaya and my sister about these type of things. How does Kamaya help with that? Because you've had to help her, how does she help you? Between my performances, I would have to check my blood sugar to make sure I wasn't dropping or going too high or anything. And either before I, or after I would do it, come I'd be like, did you do it yet? Are you hungry? Do you need water? And really? I'd be like, I'm a little thirsty. So she'd be like, wait, no. 
I'll be right back. I'll be right back. And then she'll run, go get her water, and she'll come back. So you two have this contagious laughter and joy. And you both have really hard struggles. So tell me, why are you happy? Where does this joy come from? Well, to me, joy comes from God because God sent Lily to me. God sent my family to me. God gave us Kaleo. He gave us Kaleo. He's just, you know, a big piece, a, a puzzle piece in my heart. So, yeah. So tell me what you're learning right now in Kaleo Kids. Joy. The meaning of joy. Really? The difference between a joy seeker and a happiness hunter. Oh, tell me that. That sounds interesting. So, <laughs> happiness is a feeling and joy is a choice. Having God's love is gives you joy. God speaks to different people in different ways. And it comes in different shapes and forms. So, Lily provides God's love for me. So, and that gives me joy. And Kaleo, when we're all together, I feel like we're all bonding through God because we all know Him and we all love Him. Where do you go to find joy? Where do you seek it? In God. Prayer. I pray that some days I'll have a better day than the past one because sometimes days can be hard. I always pray about my current situation or something that's happened in the past that I want to be better. Like, I want to change that. So I go to God and ask for help. Now, where do you think you two would be if there was never a Kaleo Kids in your we, in we, your life? There would be no bacon and eggs. So how do you eat breakfast without bacon and eggs? That's a really good answer. <laughs> I mean, you two might not have ever met. I couldn't imagine. I don't know where would I, I, I don't know how would I got, I don't even know. I feel like I would be a more sad person if I didn't. Yeah, everything would just be like blue. is it that these two girls have discovered one of life's best kept secrets that true joy true fulfillment doesn't come from our circumstances but it comes from christ alone jesus said that it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross showing us that even we like Kamaya and lily can taste joy in the midst of the darkest of times what if this Christmas we don't just shoot for being happy, but we aim for being joy-filled and recognize that through his birth, his resurrection, and his promise of never leaving or forsaking us, we can actually live lives that overflow with joy. What if joy is nothing more than the overflow of understanding the depth of Christ's love for us? Isn't that great? Man. You know, I hear a story like that. These young women who just get it. They understand it. It brings me such life and such energy. Because the truth is, whether you are a receiver this Christmas, you are a helper this Christmas, or you are a giver this Christmas, or maybe you will find the opportunity to be all three. The truth is, joy comes from Jesus. Joy comes from the knowledge of knowing that the Son of God laid down his life, that we may have life and have joy and have peace and have love. 
So the question really comes in, will you be the receiver in this story? Will you trust Christ as your Savior? Will you invite him into your life this Christmas? Will you choose to be the messenger, to be the helper, to be the person through whom that message travels? Will you be the gift giver? Will you be the person that takes what's in your hands and puts it into the hands of someone else that through your generosity, God might expand and amplify it beyond what you could possibly imagine? One of the things I like to do whenever I think about Bible stories is I like to put myself in their shoes. And when I put myself in the crowd's shoes, they got one heck of a cool thing. They got a lunch, right? That was a pretty good free lunch. They always say there's no such thing. Turn them to feeding the 5,000. And then you see the, the disciples think, no, 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 the disciples would be the cool thing. You know, to have these, these baskets and just every time you hand something out, you find more in it. That would be amazing. But then I think, no, 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 The boy, that would be cool. To see this little thing you gave amplified beyond what you could imagine. But the truth is they're all incredible places because we get to see God work in us and through us to move his mission forward and bring hope to a hopeless world. We want to sing one more song together today. This one is called Noel. And as we sing this, I hope the words resonate. I hope that you sing them loud. This is maybe a newer song to some of you, but you're going to hear it throughout this holiday season, I think. But it's called Noel, and it says words like, come and see what the Lord has done. Come and see what God has done. The story of amazing love. Because as we center in on the purpose and hope of Christmas, we find the joy, the love, and the peace. Would you stand with me as we sing this together?
God, we are just so grateful. God, no matter where we find ourselves in our circumstances, we are always able to find you if we look. So God, may we look for you today in the receiving. May we look for you in the helping. May we look for you in the giving that we may find your joy so deeply rooted in us that regardless of the circumstances, we represent you to the world. God, bless us this year with overwhelming joy. It's in your precious name we pray. Amen. So a few practical application points for you. If you're new to us, starting point is where you need to receive today. Go there and get your free gift. Number two, if you are in the seat of helping, we have our sign-up sheets right out in the lobby for serving during Christmas. Please go sign up. We'd like to fill them up today. And then lastly, if you're in the seat of giving, consider a year-end Christmas gift and or take this flyer that we handed you on the way out and make sure you invite someone to the service because that might be the most incredible gift you could give someone this holiday season. Lastly, if you wouldn't mind helping us out, if you have any bread or any snowballs anywhere in your general vicinity, you'll find these snowball receptacles on either side on your way out. We'd appreciate it if you make use of them. Save us some time. God bless you. I'll see you in the lobby.